So I, I peeked ahead at, uh, of course, this week, looking at the readings for this weekend, for today. Uh, but then I also looked ahead to the readings for uh, the month of August on Sundays. And there's just a lot of really, really great uh, Bible passages that, that uh, I think can really help us to maybe have a good foundation of what it is to believe in Jesus uh, and to follow him. Uh, to talk about, you know, different things that are, are really important. You know, like, so today we're going to talk about heaven and eternity. Next week we're going to talk about faith. The week after that we're going to talk about God's love and what that's like. Uh, and then we'll talk about trials and difficulties that we can go through and how they can actually be helpful for us in our spiritual life. And then uh, the last week of August we're going to talk about God's holiness. Uh, what it means to talk about God being holy. So I'm just, I really encourage you, if you're not in the habit of coming to Mass every week, uh, to come at least for the next, like, five weeks. Um, certainly come more than that, but, but just a real encouragement, I think, to, to maybe use these next few weekends as an opportunity to, to really get a good foundation of, like, okay, I think I'm a Christian, uh, but what does that mean exactly? You know, like, what, is it, what does it mean to have faith? What, is, what, what, what are we talking about when we talk about heaven and eternity, these kinds of things? Um, just a really, really big encouragement for you there. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's going to be really great. Um, okay, so, so today's passage, I think, as I read it, it makes me a bit uncomfortable. Um, maybe, maybe for you too, but this is the thing, is, is Jesus, right? So, okay, so to rehash, right? This guy comes up, Jesus, tell my brother to share the inheritance. Jesus says, be careful about greed, because your life is not about possessions. And then he tells the story of a man who had an abundance. He had a lot. And instead of, uh, well, he didn't really know what to do with it. And so he just built large barns and, and had all kinds of stuff and tried to live this life of comfort and, and uh, pleasure. And Jesus says, you fool, you fool. Right? He, he seems like he kind of goes against what we tend to do in America, right? Which is, we save up for retirement, and then, you know, when we get, it, when we get to our number, uh, then it's like, okay, great, now I can rest and, and be merry and enjoy life, right? It's like, okay, what's going on here? It seems like Jesus is coming to us with a different perspective, uh, which is a really important point to make, that, that as we read this, as every, and really it's as we read any passages from the Gospels, uh, we, have to, we have to try to understand what is what is Jesus's perspective? How does he look at life? So if, if you were here last week, you, you heard me talk about to be a disciple is, is to learn from Jesus for the purpose of imitating him, right? So I, I choose to follow him and in following him and being a disciple of Jesus, I am embracing a life that learns from him. So that is to say, I learn how he acts. I learn how he thinks. I learn how he speaks. I learn how he looks at life. And I do all of those things, not just so that I can have information about Jesus, but so that I can take all of those things and bring them into my life so that my life begins to look like the life of Jesus. That's what it is to be a disciple. So if I want to understand what Jesus is talking about in the Gospels, in any given Gospel passage, I need to sort of back up and ask, how does Jesus look at life? And this, this is an important point because this is... This is the thing we don't talk about very much. That God has a plan for your life. He has a goal for your life. It's not just so that you can live and, and feel good about yourself. It's not just so that you can uh, do whatever you want to do. But God has a plan for your life. And, and maybe you can agree with me that God, who has always existed, if he has a plan for your life, then that's probably the best way to go. Right? It's, if it's like, okay, I've got an idea about my life, but he has a, an idea about, about my life and they're different, 
it would make more sense to say, okay, God, whatever you want. In fact, we, we pray this in the Lord's Prayer, right? If we're, if we're sincerely praying the Our Father, thy will be done, thy will be done, thy kingdom come. Um, and so, so we got to ask, like, what's God's plan for our lives? The good news is the Bible tells us. So in the New Testament, we know this, there are the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then there's the Acts of the Apostles, which talks about the, those earliest Christians and how they lived. And then there's all the letters of St. Paul. You know, we've been hearing from Colossians. There's a letter of St. James, two letters of St. Peter, three letters of St. John, a letter from Jude. Uh, so we can see, like, Peter, the leader of the early church in 2 Peter, he writes out for us. He tells us what God's plan for our lives is, for your life, for mine. He says this, God's divine power, right? So think about that. Think about God. We, we teach this. He's all powerful, right? He can do whatever he wants. So he's got, he makes everything that exists, right? Give yourself some time maybe this week uh, when, it's, when it's night out and it's not cloudy. Give yourself some time to go outside and just look up and see how incredible the universe is, like how big it is. We believe this, that God created all of it, right? God is, he's huge, and he's so powerful, and he creates everything. He creates all of the, all of the big things, all of the, the macro things, and then he creates things on a micro level as well, right? Think about, think about, for example, your body. At any given moment in your body, there are cells that are both dying and there are cells that are being produced. In your body, there's this little organ in the center of you that just pumps all day long. And somehow, when that organ pumps, it spreads this liquid stuff throughout your body so that you have warmth and you can live. That's incredible. Think about it, like you put stuff in your mouth and somehow your body takes it and works out different things so that it can bring nourishment to you. It's, it's like amazing, like God, so God makes everything that exists, right? And everything that exists is so, it's so incredible and so amazing, right? And this is, this is who he is. So this is who St. Peter is talking about, his divine power. God is so powerful. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Do you hear this, brothers and sisters? God, in his power, has given to you all things that pertain to godliness. You have it within you by his grace to become godly. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, that through these you may escape the corruption that is in the world because of passion and become partakers of the divine nature. This is his goal for your life and for mine, that we would become partakers of the divine nature. That is to say, God wants you to become like him. That's his goal for your life. We, we talked about how incredible he is, how he makes everything that exists, how powerful he is, how he's, he's all-knowing, right? Nothing escapes his vision. Nothing escapes his knowledge. We can't, we can't deceive him. We can't trick him. We can't sneak anything past him because he knows it all, right? And he says, I want you to become like me, he says. That's incredible. His plan for your life is so dang amazing. So we, like, and this is something, this is something that we can, we can sort of begin to taste here on earth, that, that somehow in our following of Jesus and imitating his way of life, 
that somehow he can take that, us, and he can transform us or begin to transform us so that we can begin to think like he thinks and we can begin to see like he sees. We can begin to act like he acts. But ultimately, we know this, that, that the, the total fulfillment of this is something that can only take place in heaven, right? That is after we die. That after we die, if we are faithful to the Lord Jesus, believing in him and following his ways, we can enter into his life in a new way that's, that's unlike anything we experience here now. Like we can't, we can't even possibly really understand what that means. And yet we can know, because God is so much greater than us, we can know that if we're faithful to him, if we enter into that life, that the next life that we experience is going to be not just like a continuation of this one, right? It's not like if I have cancer, I'm going to keep having cancer in heaven. No, I'll be perfectly healthy. It's not like if I have broken relationships in this life, I'll have broken relationships. No, I'll be, all things will be perfect in heaven. Right? So it's just like, and then what's more, right? That life, it doesn't end. This life we know ends. This life we know it ends. 60, 70, 80, 90 years maybe. But we know that this life comes to an end. And when we enter into the next life after death, that is a life that does not end. And so when, when Jesus is taking, like when he's promising us or, or calling our attention to this incredible thing, right? It's, it's like he's, he's trying to say, like, you've got to expand your, your, your understanding of, of what I've come to give you. Right? This, is, this is an image that I really like to use. So I've got this rope here. So this little piece of tape, right? This is like our life on earth. And then after that, we die, and that life just goes on and on and on and on. It doesn't stop, right? You're thinking like, Father, how long is your rope, right? It just keeps going, right? It keeps going. Like, literally, I've got another probably 20 feet of rope, right? So, like, this is the thing. So, like, compared to forever, right, how much is this? It's hardly anything. And really, this is a rope, right? The rope has no end, or it has an end, but heaven has no end, so, so when, when Jesus meets this person who's super concerned about something in this life, right? Like, Lord, make this little sliver of my life better. Fill me up with material things in this life. Jesus is just like, you fool. You fool. Don't you know? Don't you know what I have come to give you? Here you are, you're concerned about concerned about money so that you can have enough for this last tiny little portion of your life. <laughs> when he just says, you have no idea. You have no idea. And because you have no idea, your greed right here is going to actually prevent you from experiencing so much goodness in this life. Because we know this, the Bible also teaches us that if we're not faithful to Jesus, if we don't follow his ways, then this part of our life is not going to be incredible, but in fact, it's going to be horrendous. This is why St. Paul talks about this in our second reading. He's like, put to death then the parts of you that are earthly. This is, this is the thing, brothers and sisters. We all have this within us, myself included. We all have within us a tendency to forget about this. We all have a tendency to either forget about it or to rebel against it. As though we think that somehow we can, we can separate ourselves from the ways of Jesus and find eternal happiness apart from God. When in fact, if we're truly Christians, if we truly believe what's in this book, we know that that's not possible. 
And so what we need to do, St. Paul says, is that we need to take those parts of us that are forgetful of heaven or that are rebellious against God, and we need to put them to death because what they're going to do if we don't put them to death is they're going to put us to death for eternity. And so he says this, put to death then the parts of you that are earthly, immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and the greed that is idolatry. Stop lying to one another. Why? Because Jesus has come to make you new. He's come to do something new within you, where before you had no hope of this. But now, because of what he has come to do, you now have not just like a hope of this, but that this is far better than what we could have possibly imagined. And so because of that, he says, forget about this. Because this is so small compared to this. Right? Can, can you understand? Like, this is why Jesus maybe seems a little bit firm here because this man comes up and he's talking about a sliver of eternity. When in fact, Jesus, he has this divine perspective where he's always thinking about eternity and he just doesn't care that much about this part of our lives. Of course he cares and he wants us to know his love, but, but he knows that your life does not consist in possessions. Your life is not about physical comfort or material comfort. Your, your life is not about chasing the dollar, but instead your life is about learning from me and imitating me so that when you pass from this life to the next, you can become like me in my full glory. That's what he's all about. And that, brothers and sisters, what he invites us, we might say challenges us to, to have that kind of a perspective. So I think, I think we, can, we can sort of finish with this question, a couple of questions maybe. How is it that you look at life? Do you have this divine perspective of Jesus? Or have you sort of maybe allowed yourself to carry out more of an earthly perspective where your thinking is just too small. I know for myself, I've been stuck in this for the last month or so. I was thinking about this. St. Paul, what does he say at the beginning of our, he says, if you were raised with Christ, seek what is above. Seek, what does it mean to seek for something? It means you gotta look for it. It's an active kind of word. So many times in our faith, we can just sort of let our faith become a passive thing or we can just let our lives become passive, where we just sort of try to go along with the flow of what everyone else is doing or what everyone else is thinking. And if we do that, we look around and we see like there are lots of people who are not living with this eternal perspective. And so they're just sort of going along looking for material and physical comforts. And if I'm choosing to do that, just passively going along with them, then I'm going to be pursuing only physical and material comforts. And if I'm pursuing just physical and material comforts, what does Jesus say? He says, you fool. And so for me, this week, this morning, in fact, just this morning, as I was praying with this, and this word struck me, it's like, I got to repent of this. I got to repent of having too passive a faith so that I can take on an active seeking and looking for ways to grow in the kingdom of God. Looking for ways actively to grow like Jesus does. That is to say, to grow like God. 
Maybe some of you are in the same position. Maybe some of you are fully in the, on board with this whole eternal perspective, and that's great. Praise the Lord if you are. But I know that many of us maybe aren't. And so for us, there's an invitation from Jesus to repent, to turn around and to adjust our way of thinking, to expand to thinking about eternity because, brothers and sisters, eternity is going to be totally worth it. And this is the last question. When you think about this, when you hear this, what happens inside of you? Is it something that actually like makes you excited? Where you think to yourself, oh my gosh, I've not thought about this before. I can't wait to get to this threshold. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna do anything to make the threshold come any sooner than it should, right? I don't wanna be foolish in that way, but I just, I can't wait to start pursuing a life of godliness so that for the rest of my tape, I'm gonna be striving to live a godly life. And then when I cross the threshold, it's gonna be crossing the finish line in first place of a race that I've always wanted to win so that when I win this race, then, then I can finally rest and I can eat and drink and be merry because it's not a banquet that I've thrown for myself, but instead I recognize that it's, it's God himself who has invited me to his banquet table. He invites me to his banquet. He invites me to sit at his table, to eat from his food and to drink from his drink and to share in his rest. And I can't wait to get there. Is that what you think? Or have you allowed your thinking to just say, actually, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I really buy it. I might be afraid of death or, you know, I'm okay with heaven, but I've got a lot of stuff that I'd rather do here on earth first. Because this is the thing, if, if, if we're not looking forward to this, brothers and sisters, we're, we're actually missing something of what it is to be Christian. And again, like I said, we're not doing anything to make this come any quicker, but like we're actually meant to look forward to heaven because in heaven, we become like God. If we become like God, there is nothing better than that. So I think we've got to ask the Lord this morning, this afternoon now, to change our perspective, to change our perspective, to help us expand our way of thinking so that we see not from an earthly perspective, but from the divine, eternal perspective of Jesus, and that with that perspective, we look forward to nothing more than we look forward to sharing life with God forever.